so dynamic, so magnetic, so effervescent, so full of energy and vitality. Is it Herman? No. Is it Sherman? No. Is it Eddie? Is it Freddie? Oh, no, no, no. Is it Hart? Is it Shatner? Is it March, perhaps? Oh, you'll never, never guess it. Don't snap your cap. It's just Miss Judy Garland. Here's the little gal who's earned a number one priority in your pinup department, both in your barracks wall and in your heart, Judy Garland. Clang, clang, clang went the trolley. Ding, ding, ding went the bell. Zing, zing, zing went my heart strings. From the moment I saw him, I fell. Hey, Judy fans, this is Mindy. Thanks for listening to another episode of Old Time Radio. Next in our Judy Garland series is her appearance on The Bing Crosby Show. This aired November 27th, 1946, and it marks the one and only time that Judy would be on Bing's show. No, that's a lie. She, <laughs> She's on here dozens of times. Uh, we have over a dozen to bring you in the next few months. She's actually here about a month after the Bing show started with the Philco sponsorship. It ran from 1946 to 1949. It is the first pre-recorded radio program, which has been discussed in other uh, OTR shows, I believe, over the years. It was heavily criticized, as audiences are often quick to do when something changes, looks or sounds different. There's immediate backlash, and this was accused of being tinny, uh, just didn't have that crisp live radio sound, and that's debatable. And there was kind of this ongoing debate of whether or not the radio stations were even playing the records correctly, and maybe that was the problem. Interesting approach. But then criticism was lobbied at Bing himself, that he was out of touch, he, the audiences kind of moved on, wasn't as popular, and none of that seems to check out, especially not in the late 40s. He was still very much a draw in the box office, he sold lots of records, he sounds just as good as he always did, so yeah, I think in reading everything, the... the theory that stands out as to why, you know, Bing's show really wasn't as popular as you might expect is because radio wasn't as popular as it used to be. TV was largely gaining steam as the the go-to for advertisers and audiences. It's the novelty was kind of not wearing off and advertisers wanted that visual representation of their products, thought it was a more effective way to reach the audiences. And of course, audiences loved seeing all of these pretty people that they've always heard for years on the radio. A lot of uh, a lot of different things happening in the entertainment industry and in American culture in the late 40s and early 50s. And the Bing Crosby show kind of bridges that gap for us, plays the DVD and then online streaming world. <laughs> I remember actually when VHS, that was my growing up, VHS tapes were transitioning into DVDs and all of the, the moaning about the price and it was all oh, the DVDs would get scratched. But then your VHS tapes, the tapes would start to disintegrate anyway. You know, I'm not even 40 yet, I'll be honest, but I feel like even in my short span with the digital age, there's just been so many different things pop up. I can watch things on my iPhone now that I would have to go to flea markets to find and hopefully there'd be something in a dusty bin in the corner of a hallway somewhere <laughs> that would have what I was looking for and now I could just lay in bed and find it. It's strange still to me. Anyway... So yeah, we, we have lots of shows that are documenting this similar transition into the TV era. Uh, for me and my money, always Judy's on top of her game, but I, I think Bing is as well. These aren't, I think, groundbreaking shows 
from what I'm hearing so far, but you're getting a lot of really good music and just great interplay between everybody on on the program. So from the beginning of the end of the golden age of radio, (laughs) which probably is debatable as well, here is Judy Garland on The Bing Crosby Show presented by Philco Radio Time. When the blue of the night meets the gold of the day, someone waits for me. Welcome you to Philco Radio Time, produced and transcribed in Hollywood with John Scott Trotter, his chorus and orchestra, the Charioteers, Skits Henderson, and Bing's guests, the Les Paul Trio, and Judy Garland. But first, here's one of the greatest opening acts in show business, Bing Crosby himself. Opening act, yes. What is that? Opening clothes from Darling Theater. Thank you, Ken Carpenter, yourself. Now, if the group will sort of gather in the staging area here, we'll churn a couple of choruses of Old Buttermilk Sky. Oh, buttermilk sky I'm keeping my eyes on you What's the good word tonight? Are you going to be mellow tonight? Oh, buttermilk sky Can't you see my little donkey and me? Happy as a Christmas tree Heading for the one I love I'm gonna pop for that question That question Do you, darling, do you do? It'll be easy, oh, so easy If I can only bank on you Oh, buttermilk sky I'm telling you why Now you know Keep it in mind tonight Keep a brushing those clouds from sight Old buttermilk sky Don't you fail me when I'm needing you most Hang a moon above a hitching post Hitch me to the one I love You can if you try Don't tell me no lies Will you be mellow and bright tonight by the milk sky? Don't tell me no lies. You can if you try. Oh, by the milk sky. That was Hoagie Carmichael and Jack Brooks' song, Buttermilk Sky. Of course, if you want to hear it sung good, you have to get the record by Matt Dennis. Really outstanding. Ah, Buttermilk Sky. Mm-hmm. What a vivid word picture it paints, Bing. Reminds me of the mellow and bright tones of a Philco radio. Fish gotta swim, birds gotta fly. We get our commercials right out of the sky here. <laughs> well, after all, why not, Bing? I know many a household that would be in seventh heaven with one of those big new Philco radio phonographs. It's been a long time since any of you had a chance to buy a big set, but your Philco dealer has just received a beauty. Gives you everything you expect in big set performance. Rich tone with a world of power behind it. New automatic record changer. Philco's exclusive tilt front cabinet that makes loading your records so much easier. What's more, this new Philco is an exceptionally handsome console model. 
a good-looking piece of furniture in your living room. Obviously a natural for the family for Christmas. And, uh, by the way, with Thanksgiving coming up tomorrow, you've got less than a month to do your Christmas shopping. So why not drop in on your Philco dealer this week and try out this fine new Philco? You could hunt all over town without finding an automatic radio phonograph of such high quality at anything like the price. And it's the newest thing in radio from Philco the Leader, famous for quality the world over. Well, I got Les Paul here to play the guitar for me. Now I gotta get me somebody to love. Nights are long, oh, so long on the prairie. I got to get me somebody to love. Got to find one who's kind and not contrary. One who rides by my side and in glove. I got my horse, got a silver saddle, but there's one thing I keep thinking of. Nights are long, oh, so long on the prairie. I got to get me somebody to love. See how that moon shines so bright up above. I got to get me somebody to love. So bright up above I got to get me Somebody to love Somebody to love Thank you, Les. Thank you for the assist and for letting Trotter and the band take a rest. Now, if you'll excuse me, folks, uh, I'll take five and listen with you as the mighty Skitch Henderson steps to the Steinway complete with two thumbs and eight fingers to thrill you with one of Cole Porter's great tunes. I've got you under my skin.
introduce our guest of the evening, and for my dough, the talkie's most talented and attractive young lady. Just to think only a short time ago, this gal was a little kid with great big eyes and voice to match. What this talk with pigtails has grown into should happen to every little girl. Here she is, Miss Judy Garland. Thank you, Bing. But I, I didn't think you'd remember me when I was a little girl. Oh, why, sure, Judy. I remember when you were in pictures with Mickey Rooney. <laughs> then you were on uh, some radio program, weren't you? Uh, yes, Bing. It was the, if you'll pardon the expression, Bob Hope show. <laughs> what a transition from Mickey Rooney to Mickey Finn, huh? <laughs> He's quite a wolf on the side, I hear, too. Don't I know? <laughs> <laughs> I could never understand, though, Hope's attitude toward a refreshing... Clean-cut kid like yourself. Oh, I think you're an angel. I'm serious, Judy. No one but a cad could think of you in anything but the noblest terms. As I look upon the pretty little girl I knew blossomed into stunning young womanhood, my thoughts now as then remain high. <laughs> yes, Judy, high. Yay, Oh, Bing, not you, too. Oh, pardon me. It must be those atomic vitamins I'm taking. <clears throat> but bringing this discussion up to a current basis, uh, Judy, I believe you told me that your daughter, Liza, is just eight months old today, hmm? That's right, Bing, and if it's okay with you, I'd like to sing a little lullaby to her. Well, along about this time of the evening, I could stand a lullaby myself. What are you going to sing for little Liza? Liza? Everything dovetails around her. <laughs> Oh! 
May I tell you that you're high on the list of things we have to be thankful for? Oh, very prettily put, Bing. I suppose you're all set for your Thanksgiving dinner, turkey, cranberry sauce, full treatment. No, no, no turkey at my house, Judy. My four boys all insist upon drumsticks, so we're having rabbit. <laughs> well, <laughs> that sounds fair. Well, it's an annual ceremony at our house, you know. After they gnaw the meat off the drumsticks, they flog each other to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> They wake up kind of lumpy, but they're quiet most of the night. See, I remember when I was a kid up in Minnesota, I lived on a little farm, and every year about this time, I used to go wild turkey hunting. Oh, there's certainly nothing like getting out in the woods and blasting away at no hunting signs and an occasional gobbler. <laughs> I used to go hunting with a neighbor boy. His name was Homer Hogmire. He looked exactly like you. <laughs> well, doggone Jiminy Crickets. Hello, Homer. Hello, Judy. Where are you going? I'm going hunting. You want to come along? Shucks, no. Went hunting with you last year and you shot my hair off. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on, Homer. After all, this is a turkey hunt. If you're lucky, some feathers may ricochet into your skull. <laughs> come on, let's go into the woods. Gosh, it's dark. Yeah. Gee, ain't it romantic here in the pines? Just think here, Homer. Here we are together on Thanksgiving. I'm a girl, and you're a boy. Shucks. <laughs> Shucks, it's that way all the year round, ain't it? Now, wait a minute. Quiet, Homer. I see some feathers moving in that bush. Stand back! Well, there goes the hair off my chest. Look, Homer, here come four Indians. Well, well, them are four Indians, all right. Let me talk to them. I know their language. How? <laughs> what are you guys doing here? Well, that's over. 
That's all right. Come on, fellas. That's enough. Blow. Cat. Cut out. Hey. Cut that out. Hey, Judy. Hey, Judy. What? Hand me that gun. <laughs> you know, they'd be a great quartet for Jack Benny, that good one. I shot his hair off, too. <laughs> Oh, and come on now, hush up, Homer. We gotta get a turkey. Yeah, we got a turkey. What we need is a hooper. <laughs> Look, Homer. Huh? Look, I think I think there's something rustling over yonder. Gobble, 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 gobble. Is that a turkey? You were expecting maybe hagoos. <laughs> Get back to the piano, Lyle. Go on. Ah, oh, fiddlesticks, Homer. We ain't gonna get no turkey. Let's sit down here on this log and neck. Well, your paw says we dassin'. Yeah, but my paw ain't here. Let's dass. <laughs> Come on, put your arm around me and hold me close. Gosh, Judy. What's wrong with your eyes? They're awful close together. Them ain't my eyes. Them ain't my eyes. You're looking down my gun, my shotgun. <laughs> Kiss me. Oh, shucks, Judy. I ain't gonna kiss you in front of all these trees. <laughs> oh, now, come on, Homer. You'll do as I say. Now, hold on, you scoundrel. Unhand my daughter. Oh, now, don't get excited, Pa. We couldn't find no turkey, so we thought we'd just sit down here and sing a song. I don't hear no singing. You keep out of it. <laughs> come on, Judy. We better sing something there. Wait till the sun shines, Nellie When the clouds go drifting by We will be so happy, Nellie Don't let me hear you sigh I can't stand to see you crying down Down lovers lane we'll wander Sweetheart, you and I if you will wait, wait at the garden gate the sun now, honey, I don't be late Bye, bye, bye Wait till the sun shines We will be so happy now Let me hear you make a sound. Way down in lover's lane, we'll wonder. Sweetheart, you and I will be so happy together. But it all depends on the weatherman. Nelly! Don't you sit there and sigh. If you will wait till the sun shines, Nelly. In the sweet, in the sweet, in the sweet, just be discreet and wait till the sweet by and by. 
with the shotgun. Take your gun, your shotgun. I see Skitch Henderson flexing his digits, which indicates that the bard of the Baldwin is ready to skip with me through all by myself. So we go. myself in the morning all by myself in the night I sit alone in my cozy Morris so unhappy there Playing solitaire All by myself I get lonely Watching the clock on the shelf I love to rest my weary head on somebody's shoulder I hate to grow older all by myself keyboard calisthenics, Skitch. Thank you. Now, Skitch, if you'll step over to the microphone, I would like to award you the B.S. Pulley Medal for your performance as the turkey in our sketch tonight. <laughs> <laughs> hey, 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 
Kent, uh, Kent, this award, wait a second. What's the matter? Uh, after all, isn't everybody anxious to hear from the Philco man? Well, Ken, he's a welcome voice at any time. But tonight, I think all our listeners have their minds on Thanksgiving dinner tomorrow. Thing, I think the folks like this. Ken, unless the Philco people have a new set with chestnut stuffing and giblet gravy, I think we'd best brush the whole thing for the mold. Now, just a minute. I'd go for the 1201, maybe, that you could spin a pumpkin pie in. That would be clever. That I wouldn't but enjoy. But, Thing, this commercial is in the holiday season. As far spirit. as I'm concerned, Carpenter, you can pass the cranberry sauce. That's all. <laughs> now, uh, you know, Bing, Philco's going to be very disturbed if I don't read this. Oh, yeah, well, in that case, I can see. Start talking. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, Philco, its distributors and dealers everywhere, wish you all a very happy Thanksgiving. End of commercial. Isn't this amazing? Radio's falling apart. Just... <laughs> Run away from you, dear I've tried so hard, but I fear You'll always follow me near and far Just when I think that I'm set Just when I've learned to forget I close my eyes, dear And there you are You keep coming back Like a song Song that keeps saying Remember That was once you and me Keeps coming back Like an old melody The perfume of roses in May Returns to my room in December From out of the past Where forgotten things belong You keep coming back Like a song about gets it, but before I blow, I'd like to say it was mighty nice of you to drop in, Judy. By the way, you made any new flickers lately for MGM? Yes, I'm in an all-star musical that's coming out soon. It's called Till the Crowds Roll By. It portrays the life of Jerome Kern. Hmm, I gotta see that one. Well, good night, Bing. Night, Judy. Night, folks. Tune in to Coco Radio Time next week and hear Bing Crosby, Don Scott Trotter, his orchestra and chorus, the charioteers, Skitch Henderson, and Bing's guest, Jimmy Durante.
This program is produced and transcribed in Hollywood by Bill Morrow and Murdo McKenzie. Birdseye Frosted Foods present Birdseye Open House, starring Dinah Shore, with her special guest, Groucho Marx. And now here's Dinah. I didn't want to see you again, but I did. I didn't want to phone you again, but I did. I had a certain feeling for you that bothered me. Hug you again, but I did. I didn't wanna kiss you again, but I did. I must have been too sentimental doing what I did. I didn't wanna. That means you, Robert Emmett Dolan, and our orchestra, and Ken Lane, and our chorus, and all you nice people who are visiting our Bird's Eye Open House this evening. Oh, I didn't mean to exclude you, Harry. No. How are you? <laughs> oh, fine, and a very thanky Thanksgiving to you, darling. <laughs> a very what? Hmm? Well, anyhow, thank you, Harry. <laughs> you know, this is my favorite holiday. Oh, mine, too. Gee, every Thanksgiving Day, I'm bursting with sentiment, brotherly love, conviviality, and stuffing. <laughs> <laughs> But, Dinah, who else are you having over for Thanksgiving dinner? Well, my Aunt Sarah Lou Culpepper is visiting me from Alabama. Oh. And uh, I thought maybe Groucho Marx might be a good dinner companion for her. Don't you think so? Oh, sure. Groucho's coming over, too. Say, where is he? I don't know, but I wish he'd hurry. See, Groucho told me not to buy a turkey because he's bringing one over. Groucho? <laughs> Groucho is bringing the turkey? Yeah, I wonder where he is. <laughs> Well, I didn't win at that time. Now, how about another chance on the turkey, Mr. Marks? Only five cents, you know. By all means. But what gets me, Ed, is that there actually are suckers who go into a store and pay ten or twelve dollars for a turkey when you can step up to a cigar counter and win one on a punch board for a nickel. 
All right, Ed, I'll, I'll take another chance. Here you are. Let's see, I think I'll punch uh, this one. Mr. Marks, congratulations. You've won the turkey. Oh, I'm always lucky. How much do I owe you? $153.40. <laughs> you wait right here, Mr. Marks. I'll bring you your prize. I still can't understand how a guy in his right mind would go into a store and plunk down $10 or $12 for a turkey. Ah, oh, Groucho Marx, you're a shrewd little rascal, you. <laughs> Now, you just stay right where you are, Aunt Sarah Lou. You must be tired from your trip. Just relax while Harry and I finish setting the table. Thank you, Dinah, honey. I uh, hope the trip was pleasant. Well, it would have been pleasant enough if it wasn't for those nasty old customs men. Why, would you believe it? They went through all my luggage, and they even insisted on seeing my little old passport. Well, but you only... (laughs) You only came up from little old Birmingham. You (laughs) don't... Where did they go through your luggage and examine your passport? At the Mason-Dixon line. (laughs) There. Now, doesn't the table look nice? Let's see, Harry, you'll sit over here. And I'll sit over here and Groucho will sit over there. And Aunt Sarah Lou, you'll sit over here. Yeah, well, gee, I'm hungry. I wish Groucho Marx would get here so we could put that turkey in the oven. I do, too. Oh, I hope that's him. Well, Groucho... How do you do? It's about time. Uh, sorry to keep you waiting, but to all of you, I say, Noel, Noel. <laughs> that means Happy Thanksgiving in French. <laughs> well, besame mucho to you. <laughs> Come outside and say that. No. <laughs> Bad enough to say it in here. <laughs> you know, in Spanish, Groucho, that means where is the turkey? Vanzel, keep your shade on. Keep your shade... Never mind. After looking at that shade, you better take it off. <laughs> Dinah, I want to present you with the most beautiful turkey you've ever seen. Well, where is it? Right here. Hyman, come on in. <laughs> Wait till you try putting that in the icebox. Groucho, a live turkey? This is ridiculous. I don't believe it. You will if you start plucking his tail feathers. <laughs> Well, how in the world... You know, this turkey looks like a fellow I used to play pool with in Paul Tuckett. <laughs> well, how in the world did you ever get this turkey over here? On a streetcar. Well, didn't you have any trouble? No, an old lady got up and gave him a seat. <laughs> she used to be a turkey, too. Groucho, Groucho, everything else is cooked. Who's going to kill the turkey? <laughs> Dinah, 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 don't mention the word kill in front of him and it frightens him. And turkey, stop ad-libbing, will you? You're not kidding, it frightens him. Look look at this, this is the first time I ever saw goose pimples on a turkey. Now, take it easy, Hyman, take it easy, take it easy. Hyman, don't overdo it. Get off your knees. I'm going to eat them later. Donna, Donna, Charles, you neglected to introduce me to this charming gentleman. Hyman, stop bowing. She means me. Oh, Groucho, I'm really sorry. I want you to meet my Aunt Sarah Lou Culpepper. She's from Alabama. How do you do? It's a pleasure, ma'am. I'm always proud to meet a daughter of the old sooth. After all, I'm a son of the old sooth. Uh, I come from Florida. Uh, 
Pensacola? No, thanks, but I wouldn't mind a drink of 7-Up. <laughs> excuse me. Excuse me, Aunt Sarah Lou, but I've got to settle this. Now, Groucho, how are we going to K-I-L-L the T-U-R-K-E-Y? She doesn't spell very well, either. <laughs> It's very simple. We'll just C-U-T, his H-E-A-D-O-F-F. All right, all right. You don't have to spell things out in front of me. I don't want any of your old candy anyway. <laughs> Bonzel, if you had 38 more points, you could get out of kindergarten. Now... Boys, please, we've got to do something. The rest of the food is all cooked. Yeah, and if the cranberry sauce stands much longer, the taste will be killed. Harry! Harry! Just a Harry! Harry! There's no holding that turkey tonight. Harry, you're not supposed to say the word kill in front of me. That's the last time I get a turkey that went to college. Hold you, hold you in my 
Fletcher, where's Harry? Uh, he's putting Hyman in the kitchen. With that tyke in another room, we might be able to think this thing out. Oh, Harry. Harry, I hope Herman didn't make any too much trouble about being alone in the kitchen. Oh, no, not a bit. As a matter of fact, that bird is most cooperative. You know that chestnut dressing you made? Mm-hmm. <laughs> he just stuffed himself with it. Well, which one of you is going to prepare the turkey for cooking? Well? Well, well don't look at me. I'm so tender-hearted, I feel faint when I cut the pages of a book. <laughs> and what about you, Mr. Marks? Oh, I, I couldn't. I, I've learned to love Herman. He's like a brother to me. As a matter of fact, he does look like Chico. <laughs> Except there's, there's more white meat on Chico. Well, it's up to you, Groucho. When I invited you to a Thanksgiving dinner, you promised to supply the turkey. Now... Well, I did, but I can't help it if I'm not a killer. Hey, Dinah, I've got an idea. You know... I've got connection. Well, what about it? I'll get a mobster from out of town to bump him off. Oh, Harry, don't be silly. Oh, and you Yankees call yourselves men. Why, that turkey's neck would have been wrung long ago in Alabama. I'll be right back. Where are you going? I just want to warn Hyman not to fly south for the winter. <laughs> oh, I'm losing patience. Something's got to be done about that turkey. Now, Groucho, I'm going to give you and Harry 30 seconds to think of something. I'd love to, Dinah, but I can't think of a thing. You hold it, hold it. Oh, wait a minute, everybody. I'm thinking of something. What are you thinking about? Green beans. Green beans? Green beans? Green beans? Green beans? Bird's eye, quick, frozen, green beans. <laughs> I'll settle the whole problem. Gentlemen, to the first man who kills that turkey... I will give a great big kiss. To the first man who kills that turkey, you will give a great big kiss? Yes. Folks, in that kitchen stands a turkey named Herman, who will be the first turkey on record to live long enough to collect Social Security. <laughs> Groucho Marx! I... I realize you're a Yankee, but even so, I've never seen anything quite as fresh. Oh, fresh? Just wait till you try those bird's eye stringless beans. <laughs> Oh, I see. Walked into that one. He certainly did. Or any other bird's eye vegetable or fruit. They're the freshest tasting, most perfect foods you ever ate. That's because the bird's eye folks really know how to grow and prepare good food. They're so careful, you know. So fussy that you can always be sure of getting perfectly delicious, clean, and uniform food all the time. Believe me, any one of those bird's eye fruits or vegetables would win first prize at a beauty contest. I can just see it. The scene is Atlantic City. As the cameras are clicking, there sits Miss Stringbean of 1945. <laughs> Her shapely legs and eyes are crossed, and she's wearing a quick frozen bathing suit. Yes, and as I wink at her, she gives me the eye. The bird's eye. She... <laughs> I'm oh. going to get in on this racket, too. Bless your little fat heart. <laughs> and my little fat bird's eye. Yes. <laughs> really, folks, if you give your food store's frosted food case the bird's eye, you're going to get some mighty good food. Because you know, if you want the better buy in frosted foods, better buy bird's eye. Look, look, fellas, I've just gone through the cookbook again, and it says nothing on how to cook a live turkey. Now, what are you going to do about it? Oh, if my dear, dear husband, Colonel Blodgett, were only here, he'd know how to handle that turkey. Y your husband, Colonel Blodgett? Yes, we were married for 20 years. Oh, what a beautiful union. He died a short time ago. That guy didn't die. He seceded from the union. <laughs> is the Jerome Kern spot. Tonight, a tune from one score of the innumerable scores he wrote. Lots of couples call it their own song. 
but it belongs to anybody who's ever been in love. trembles on the brink of a lovely song. You are the angel glow that lights a star. The dearest things I know are what you Thanksgiving dinner, this had to happen. My day is ruined. Yes, Dinah. Child, I must admit I'm terribly disappointed. This day means a lot to me. Well, I can still remember when I was a little girl, the first Thanksgiving dinner I ate with the grown-ups. <laughs> oh, father had the drumstick, mother had the wing, and I got the turkey neck. What's that? I got a turkey neck. Well, wear a high collar and nobody will notice it. <laughs> Now, look, Groucho, that's no way to talk to my aunt. I can't help it, Diner. I keep thinking she's your uncle. Oh, <laughs> oh Fop. Enough of this. Fop, where does it say that in here? Fop, huh? I wrote it in right oh. there. F O P, Fop. It's a funny word, isn't it? <laughs> well, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going in there and finish off that turkey. Somebody's got. Groucho, have you got a hatchet in your pocket? No, but take this egg. The turkey will hatch it. <laughs> I'm not responsible for that. The turkey wrote that joke himself. Oh, Harry, I'm 
proud of you. I'm glad there's one man here who has some courage. Well, thank you, Dinah. Now, I'm a-going into that there kitchen, and when I get finished, uh, that there turkey, he'll be ready for the roasting. I'll be right back. Well, we'll all be eating soon. For Herman's sake, I hope the end comes fast. <laughs> well, Hyman's and Tykey have it now. May he rest in pieces. And I wish I had one of the pieces. Well? Thanks, old boy. <laughs> Harry, are you finished? Finished? I'll say I'm finished. The darn turkey threw me two falls out of three. You, you should have gotten a half Nelson on his giblets. <laughs> or still better, a half giblet on his Nelson. That's a two-way oh. joke. You can have it either way you want. Gee. Ensure everything around here. Nobody could handle that turkey, and to think that only yesterday Mr. Krausmeyer, the butcher, wanted to sell me a turkey, and I turned him down. Dinah, we'll have turkey yet. Give me that phone. Okay. Yeah, she dials like a dog, doesn't she? <laughs> Hello. Oh, no. Hello. <laughs> Hello, Mr. Krausmeyer. This is Groucho Marx. Have you got a turkey left in the shop that you could sell me? You have one? Weighs 165 pounds? <laughs> Krausmeyer, take your wife off the scale. <laughs> Think of your children. And take them off the scale, too. I just want a turkey. All you've got is a live one? Oh, never mind. But just out of curiosity, is it a male turkey or a female? A female? Well, if she's not going steady, I can get her a hot date for Saturday night. <laughs> Goodbye! Well? All right, Diner, I guess I'll have to go in there and do away with Herman. I feel like a Benedict Arnold, but I'll do it. Atta boy, grouchy old man. But wait a minute, I can't face Herman unless I have a little something to brace me up. Well, I took the liberty of mixing a bowl of punch. Showing up? Uh, you'll find it right there in the kitchen. Showing you, up. That... <laughs> Brace you up. We call it the Southern Magnolia and Honeysuckle Punch. Sounds good. How's it made? Well, it's mighty complicated. You take a big bowl, you pour in five quarts of bourbon. What else? That's all. Hyman, <laughs> here I come. <clears throat> hey, where's that bowl of punch? Well, I saw it right here on the kitchen table. Well, the bowl is there, but there's nothing in it. You're right. The bowl is empty. Aunt Sarah Lou, did you? <laughs> You suggested I would well, have... I it, well, don't look at me. I didn't touch it. Well, somebody must have drunk it. <laughs> I wonder who it could have been. <laughs> That's all. A drunken turkey. Groucho, this is the last straw. <laughs> Thanksgiving Day dinner. There's nothing for me to do but go in the corner and cry. Don't talk that way, Dinah. Why, you'll be the envy of every hostess in America. How? Today in millions of homes, people are having plain turkey, stuffed turkey, smoked turkey, baked turkey, and roast turkey. Yes. You are the only woman in the United States who has a pickle turkey. <laughs> Hey, folks, I bet I know what you're going to have for dinner tomorrow night. Turkey. 
And the next night, and the night after that, and the night after that. Yes, sir, for the next week or so, you're going to get the bird in one way or another. But look, if you want to add a little variety to those turkey meals, how about pepping them up with some of those wonderful bird's-eye quick-frozen vegetables? They're all so good, all so easy to prepare, really a pleasure to serve. So how about getting some tomorrow? Just make sure, though, that the packages you pick say bird's-eye clear as anything on the label. Because there are many brands of frosted foods, but only one bird's-eye. Only bird's-eye gives you that famous bird's-eye garden freshness. That bird's-eye uniform top quality every time. So for the Better Buy in Frosted Foods, Better Buy Bird's-Eye. for curtain time for now. Hope you enjoyed our Bird's Eye Open House offering so much tonight that you'll all be back with us at the same time next week when our guest will be Alan Ladd. Girl, please. In the meanwhile, keep well, keep happy, and keep those war bonds. Night, everybody. Hey, friends, next Thursday, tune in a half hour earlier to hear from our good friends George Burns and Gracie Allen, along with Meredith Wilson and Bill Goodwin. 
That's a half hour before our Bird's Eye Open House, starring Dinah Shore, with our special guest, ah, Alan Ladd. <laughs> Along with Robert Emmett Dolan, his orchestra, Ken Lane, the four hits, the chorus, and me too. Groucho Marx can soon be seen in the Marx Brothers picture, Adventure in Casablanca. Bird's Eye Open House, starring Dinah Shore, is written by Howard Harris and Sid Zelenka. Speak! Speak for gains! A wise dog owner will nourish every inch of a dog with gains. G-A-I-N-E-S, because Gaines Complete Meal contains meat meal, vegetables, cereals, everything dogs are known to need for strong, sturdy bodies and red-blooded vitality. That's why Gaines Dog Meal has been a favorite with veterinarians for over 16 years. Feed your dog Gaines today. He'll speak. Speak for Gaines. America's largest selling dog food. This is the National Broadcasting Company. KFI, Los Angeles. Hollywood Colgate Tooth Powder presents the Mel Blanc Show with Mary Jane Croft, Joe Kearns, Jerry Hausner, Hans Conried, Earl Ross, the sportsman, Victor Miller and his orchestra, and starring the creator of the voice of Bugs Bunny. Mm. What's up, Doc? Yes, Colgate Tooth Powder for a breath that's sweet and teeth that sparkle brings you the Mel Blanc Show with Mel playing his new character, Zookie. Hello, everybody, everybody, Hi. <laughs> And starring himself in person, Mel Blanc. Hi, folks. Ugga, ugga, boo, ugga, boo, boo, ugga. Thanksgiving, and in Mel Blanc's little town, courageous suitors are taking advantage of the holiday spirit to approach prospective fathers-in-law on a delicate subject. 
In one house where Sam Green has asked Mr. Brown if he may marry his daughter, Mr. Brown is saying... Sam Green, I'm going to set the date next week. And in another house where Henry Adams has asked Mr. Jones if he may marry his daughter, Mr. Jones is saying... Henry Adams, I'm going to make you a junior partner in my firm. And in the Colby house where Mel Blank has asked Mr. Colby if he may marry his daughter Betty... Mr. Colby is saying... Mel Blank, I'm going to break every bone in your body! (laughs) Well, now, it's Thanksgiving Eve, and in order to get in Mr. Colby's good graces again, Mel Blank is holding a Thanksgiving party in his fix-it shop. He has invited a few of his friends for Thanksgiving dinner. Right now, we find Mel and his girl, Betty, setting the table. Knife, plate, fork... Knife, plate, fork, knife, fork. Mel, those were the last two plates. Now what will you do? Oh, don't worry. Knife, piece of plate, fork, knife, piece of plate, fork. Gosh, what a beautiful table. Yes, there's the celery stalks, stuffed olives, candied yams, cranberry sauce, all the fixings. And in the center, that great big beautiful 15-pound salami. (laughs) But Mel, Father will be awfully mad. He's expecting turkey. Oh, I took care of that. I scooped out the center of the salami and I stuffed it with chestnut dressing. (laughs) And besides, Betty, what difference does it make, salami or turkey? It's the spirit of Thanksgiving that counts. But, Mel... Anyway, the orphan's home needed the turkey much more than I did. Oh, darling, I love you for giving the turkey to the orphan's home. You always were a softie for children. Well, Betty, you know how I feel about us. Someday we'll get married and we'll have a little two-room house. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Then after a while, we'll add another room. Betty, I refuse to have your father live with us. I mean children. After we get married, there's no reason why we can't have three, four, or five. Yeah, and if we like them, the next year we'll have some more. (laughs) Well, if Dad gets mad at you for not having turkey, I'm going to tell him why. Oh, uh, that's another thing, Betty. I don't want you to tell your father anything. Don't tell anybody. I did it. I'm glad I did it, but I don't have to advertise it. Ah, that's the nicest thing I ever heard, darling. For that, I'm going to give you a great big kiss. (laughs) Well, Mel, say something. Such a kiss for a 15-pound turkey? (laughs) Yes. Gosh, I wish it had been 50 pounds. (laughs) Well, if it isn't our lodge secretary, Earl Ross. Hey, how you feeling, Brother Ross? Ah, potato salad. Oh, yeah, Betty made it. Say, uh, why don't you try some? Well, just a small plate. I don't want to spoil my appetite. Mmm. <laughs> Delicious. <laughs> Pass the olives, Mel. No, not the green one. It's a pitch of a green one. See, <laughs> uh... Why don't you have another sandwich? No, thanks. I've already had two. I've already had four, but who's counting? <laughs> Go on, have another one. Oh, here comes Father Mill. Say, who's that fellow with him? Oh, that's Willie Murdoch. Father just hired him to manage the supermarket. He's rather nice. Rather nice? Betty, have you gone out with him? Well, Father insisted that I go to the movies with him last night. You and Willie at the movies? 
dark places? <laughs> Betty, why didn't you tell me? Well, darling, it's Thanksgiving, and I didn't want to upset you. Now, you be nice to him. Huh. Uh, hello, Mel. <clears throat> Happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> oh, uh, happy Thanksgiving, Mr. Colby Oh, Mel, I want you to meet my new manager, Willie Murdoch Hello, Mr. Murdoch Hello, Blank, heard a lot about you from Mr. Colby <laughs> Don't let it get you down <laughs> Willie, this is Mr. Ross, secretary of our loyal order of benevolent zebras Mr. Ross is a very good friend of mine Oh, well, Mr. Colby, any good friend of yours is a good friend of mine Pleased to meet you, Mr. Ross Hash musty. <laughs> This is a very nice fix-it shop you got here, Blank, but I've got a couple of ideas to improve it. First of all, it's too stuffy in here. Well, it could use a little air conditioning. Blank, you can't condition this air. You gotta get rid of it. <laughs> and next, you take down that picture of the city dump on the wall. Murdoch, that's no picture. You're looking through the window. <laughs> oh, well. Oh, I see Miss Colby is unattached. Better go over and attach myself. Get it? <laughs> <laughs> Thanksgiving Why couldn't the Pilgrim Fathers have landed on him? Oh, it's Zuki uh, Hello, Zuki Happy, Happy Thanksgiving Thanksgiving oh, Hello, Happy Thanksgiving Happy Thanksgiving <laughs> Merry Christmas <laughs> Hello, Zuki Oh, hello Betty Thanks <laughs> Say, uh how do you like my new dress, Zuki? <laughs> oh, uh, gosh, Betty, you're the most beautiful... Uh, 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 you're the quintessence of lovely... Uh, lovely uh, 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 you're the acme of... Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> oh, by the way, Zuki, I got a letter from my cousin Dottie and a new picture of her. Here, look. <laughs> Cousin Dottie is so shy and sweet and coy. What do you think of her bathing suit? <laughs> Zuki, can I get you a little something before dinner? What would you like? I'd like some potato I'd like some some candy I'd like that picture of Dottie. <laughs> Say, Betty, did you know that Mel invited us here for Thanksgiving dinner and there's no turkey? Well, you're right, Mr. Colby. Mel invited us for Thanksgiving dinner and there's no turkey. Why, Thanksgiving isn't Thanksgiving without turkey. That's exactly my thought, Mr. Colby. Thanksgiving isn't Thanksgiving without turkey. Huh. Uh, this guy can easily uh, be replaced with a sheet of carbon paper. <laughs> I tell you, this is preposterous. Zuki, where's Mel? Oh, he, he went back to the kitchen. Oh. Well, I want to talk to him. And Murdoch, uh, Willie, you take care of Betty. Oh, well, if you say so, Mr. Colby. Anything you say goes, Mr. Colby. I'm your boy, Mr. Colby. You know you can count on me, Mr. Colby. Ha, ha, ha. Uh, uh, Mel is in a jam again. Uh, I gotta go and explain everything to it. Uh, I gotta go and, and, and warn it. Uh, I gotta go and it's, it, it tip of me all it. <laughs> I gotta go. <laughs> Powder keeps 
smile and just cry. Use it each morning and use it each night. Don't take a chance with your romance. Use Colgate tooth powder. No dates for you this festive season? Could a breath of trouble be the reason? Maybe because that breath of trouble, I mean unpleasing breath, has brought unhappiness to thousands. Don't let it mark you down. Just do this. Brush your teeth night and morning and before every date with Colgate Tooth Powder. For Colgate Tooth Powder cleans your breath as it cleans your teeth. Yes, scientific tests have definitely proved that in seven cases out of ten, Colgate Tooth Powder instantly stops unpleasing breath that originates in the mouth. What's more, no dentifrice at any price cleans your teeth more quickly and thoroughly than Colgate Tooth Powder. Remember to buy it first thing. And remember the name, Colgate Tooth Powder, with the accent on powder. Don't take a chance with your romance. Use Colgate Tooth Powder. Now, Victor Miller, the sportsman, and their holiday arrangement of Good Night Ladies. Thanksgiving party in his fix-it shop to get in the good graces of his girl's father, Mr. Colby. But so far, everything is going wrong. Mr. Colby is mad because there's no turkey. Willie Murdoch, the new supermarket manager, is making a play for Mel's girl. Right now, the party is in full swing, but we find Mel disconsolately talking to Betty's kid brother, Tommy, in a corner of the shop. Boy, is my dad sore at you, Mel. Yeah, Tommy, and I gave this party just to make an impression on him. What can I do to please your father? Mel, I know something you can do that'll surely please him. You do? What is it? No, you're too young to die. <laughs> oh, anyway, my pop is mad at you for having salami instead of a turkey at this party. Yeah, I know. 
Mel, why don't you tell my pop you gave the turkey to the orphan's home? Oh, you keep out of this, Tommy. The reason I'm not saying anything is because this year, your father forgot to give them a turkey himself. And if I said anything about it, it would only embarrass him. Oh. Oh, Mel, here comes our lodge president, Mr. Cushing. Oh. <laughs> Good, I'll go over and welcome him. Holiday greetings, Brother Blank. Greetings, mighty potentate. How are things? Wonderful. Happiest Thanksgiving I ever had. Well, where's the wife? Home in bed with laryngitis. <laughs> Happiest Thanksgiving I ever had. Gee, that's too bad. How's she feeling? Darn that penicillin. <laughs> Say, how did she get laryngitis? Well, Mel, we went to the UCLA-USC football game. Little woman went completely berserk, kept screaming her head off. She did? Yeah, it was the first opportunity she ever had to yell at 22 men all at once. <laughs> you mean now she can't talk at all? Not a word. She just lies there in bed and hisses. <laughs> Empty the garbage pail, shake out the carpet sweeper, clean up the kitchen. I wish she wouldn't tell me what to do. I have my own system for doing the housework. <laughs> Gosh, Mr. Cushing, it must be tough living with your wife. Mel, if you only knew. Last night we went out and she said, Look at me, John, I'm dressed up to kill. Gad, what a temptation. <laughs> I tell you, Mel, I'd leave that woman in a minute if she didn't have all that money. <laughs> I don't know why I'm standing here telling you all this. It's just that I've got no one to talk to. <laughs> oh, cheer up, Mr. Cushing. When you get your wife a Christmas present, everything will be okay. Well, she's already hinted about a present. She wants some beauty aid. Ha! Mr. Cushing, after all, beauty is only skin deep. Mel, she's already been peeled. <laughs> the nerve of that woman. She asked me for a beauty makeup kit. Well, what are you going to get her? With her face, a box of Dr. Scholl's foot pads. <laughs> Nothing helped that woman, Mel. Well, I have to let you in for another disappointment, mighty potentate. Huh? I haven't any turkey. What a relief. You're happy not to see a turkey? Mel, are you forgetting? I've been looking at my wife all day. <laughs> well, on to the party. Oh, I see Brother Colby here. Greetings, Brother Colby. Ugga, ugga, boo, ugga, boo, boo, ugga. Oh, greetings, mighty potentate. Ugga, ugga, boo, ugga, boo, boo, ugga. And there's Brother Ross. Greetings, Brother Ross. Ugga, ugga, boo, ugga, boo, boo, ugga. Ugga, ugga, boo, ugga, boo, boo, pass us all. Ugga. <laughs> Tommy, Argo, 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 Argo. All right, Mr. Cushing, all right. Mm. Well, I'm sorry. Sort of run away with Margo Boo. Huh? <laughs> all right, come on, everybody. Let's all have fun. Uh, does anybody want to hear me impersonate Charles Boyer? All right, I'll sing a song. Uh, anybody hear the story about the cop in Brooklyn? Shall I sing now? <laughs> You've never heard this story before. Is it about the cop finding the dead horse on Kosciuszko Avenue? Uh-huh. And he can't say Cassiusco, so he moves the horse to Main Street? Uh-huh. Shall I sing now? 
No! I'll tell another one, and I know you don't know this story. Uh, a fellow was having soup in a restaurant, and he called over the head waiter. See here, sir, he exclaimed. There's a fly in this soup. And what do you think the head waiter said? Did he say, what do you want for a diamond elephant? <laughs> yes, and I wish you'd drop dead. I'll try one more story now. All right, everybody quiet now. Mr. Colby's going to try one more story. Go ahead, Mr. Colby. Everybody keep quiet. Thanks, Murdoch. Thanks. Well, it, it seems a man in a restaurant called uh, the waitress over and said, my cocoa is cold. Well, replied the waitress, if your cocoa is cold, put your hat on it. <laughs> oh, very funny. Very, very funny. <laughs> Shall I sing now, Mr. Colby? Oh, I've had enough from you, Mel Blank. You've ruined my entire evening. His entire evening. Father, let's... And you've got a nerve inviting people to a Thanksgiving party and not even having any turkey. Yeah, not having any turkey. But, Father... Hey, when do we eat? I'm starved. <laughs> That's a good idea. Come on, Father, let's eat. Um, oh, all right. Okay, everybody, sit down now. Uh, there's a fine thing. Oh, this food looks wonderful. Yes, no home cooking. <laughs> well, everybody seated? Yeah, let's go. Okay, I'll, I'll carve the salami. <laughs> Who wants a leg? I do. I do. I do. Everybody wants a leg. I should have gotten an octopus. <laughs> <laughs> I'd rather have turkey. Colby, will you stop? Everyone knows salami is much safer than turkey. Safer? Yes, no bones. Oh. <laughs> well, Tommy, what part do you want? I want the part that goes over the counter last. <laughs> <laughs> and how about you, Brother Ross? Well, I don't know. I'm losing my appetite. <laughs> just give me the dark meat. The salami is all dark meat. That's what I said. Just give me the dark meat. <laughs> oh, Murdoch. Huh? What part do you want? I always let Mr. Colby choose first. All right, Mr. Colby, what part uh, would you like? Oh, this has gone too far. I refuse to sit here and be made a fool of. Oh, but Mr. Colby... Well, oh, this can't go on any longer. I'm going to tell Father. Betty, please. Huh? Tell me why. Why we haven't any turkey tonight. Oh, come in. Is Mr. Blank here? I'm Mel Blank, little boy. Mr. Blank, I'm from the orphan's home. I brought you a piece of your turkey. You did? Yes. It tasted so good, all the boys wanted you to have some. <clears throat> They wanted me to tell you how much they appreciated you remembering them on Thanksgiving Day. Gee, thanks. They also asked me to give a message from all the boys at the home. Do you mind if I give it? No, no, go ahead. Two, four, six, eight. Who do we appreciate? Mel Blank, Mel Blank, hooray! <laughs> thanks a lot. So long, Mr. Blank. So long. Oh, gee, wasn't that sweet? Mel, you gave your turkey to the orphanage? Oh, why didn't you tell us about it? Well, you're right again, Mr. Colby. Mel Blank, why didn't oh, you tell... Oh, shut up! <laughs> well, Mel, uh, he didn't want to tell you because you forgot to give your turkey this year. What? Well, I always give a turkey to the orphanage. In fact, I told Willie Murdoch... To... Murdoch, didn't you deliver that? Uh, 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 Mr. Colby, it, <laughs> it, it slipped my mind. Oh, it did, did. Murdoch, come here. I'm going to break every bone in your body. Quiet, everybody. Mr. Colby's going to break every bone in his body. <laughs> Gee, it sounds good on somebody else. Oh, forget it, Mr. Colby. It's Thanksgiving. Let's forgive. Uh, yes, you're right, Mel. Yeah, let's forgive and let's eat. <laughs> All right, 
here. Sit next to me, Mel, my son. <laughs> Thanks, Pop. Uh, oh, uh, uh, ah, nothing like the smell of salami on Thanksgiving. <laughs> uh, you see, Betty, it's like I said. What difference does it make, salami or turkey? It's the spirit of Thanksgiving that counts. We'll be back in just a minute. Use Colgate tooth powder. Keep smiling just right. Use it each morning and use it each night. Don't take a chance with your romance. Use Colgate tooth powder. You notice it quickly enough in others, but you seldom suspect it in yourself. That's the insidious thing about that breath of trouble. I mean, unpleasing breath. So ask yourself if you could be a victim. Then let Colgate Tooth Powder help you. Brush your teeth night and morning and before every date with Colgate Tooth Powder. For Colgate Tooth Powder cleans your breath as it cleans your teeth. Yes, scientific tests have definitely proved that in seven cases out of ten, Colgate Tooth Powder instantly stops unpleasing breath that originates in the mouth. What's more, no dentifrice at any price cleans your teeth more quickly and thoroughly than Colgate Tooth Powder. Remember to buy it first thing. And remember the name, Colgate Tooth Powder, with the accent on powder. Don't take a chance with your romance. Use Colgate Tooth Powder. This is Mel Blanc saying Happy Thanksgiving and that's all, folks. Reminding you that Colgate Tooth Powder for Breakfast Sweet and Keep the Sparkle brings you the Mel Blanc Show every Tuesday at this time. Be sure and join us again next Tuesday night for more fun with Mel and the people you'll meet in Mel Blanc's Fix-It Shop. Say hello to Halo Shampoo for naturally bright and beautiful hair. Remember, even finest soaps and soap shampoos hide the natural luster of your hair with dulling soap film. But Halo Shampoo contains no soap, therefore leaves no dulling soap film. Even in hardest water, Halo makes oceans of rich, fragrant lather quickly banishes loose dandruff and dirt. Halo needs no lemon or vinegar rinse. Say hello to Halo and goodbye to dulling soap film. Get Halo shampoo at any cosmetic counter. The Mel Blanc Show is written by Mac Benoff. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System.